Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. Today I'm joined by Victoria Banton, better known as the Lightroom Queen, who very graciously accepted an invitation to come on the podcast and talk about Lightroom organization. Hello, Victoria. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Jeff. Thanks thanks for having me. Uh, So such a pleasure to have you. Victoria was the very first guest I had joined me on the show, and today she becomes the first to be a repeat guest on the show, which is so nice of her. If you missed the first episode with Victoria, it's one titled Lightroom Queen, and you can find it by Googling photo space taco space Lightroom space queen. And that's kind of works with all the shows. If you want to find a photo taco episode, Google is your friend. Or you can hit up the link in the show notes. I'll have a link to that episode in the show notes for today. So glad she agreed to join me today because I can't think of anyone more qualified to help with the topic of this episode. Something I think a lot of photographers really struggle with, and that's how to organize things in Lightroom. What do you think, Victoria? Is that a a big subject that you hear a lot of? Yes, absolutely. Uh, People don't tend to get confused by the develop module. It tends to be losing their pictures or figuring out how to organize them causes the most problems. Yeah. All right. So I'm really excited to dive in this today because I think it's going to be like some practical help for photographers and uh, who may be struggling with it. Hopefully something that will last a long time too. A lot of people can reference this show uh, as beginners find Photo Taco and they need that help. So before we get into this recommendations on how things are going to be organized in Lightroom, I need to take a minute to thank the sponsor of this episode and that's improvephotographyplus.com. Now on this podcast, I always aim to explain things in a way where you don't have to be an expert in photography or have all of that special vocabulary down. But I'm pretty sure we're going to be getting into some topics today that might make that difficult. As we talk Lightroom organization, if it seems like we're speaking a foreign language as we go through it, then you really need to see the Lightroom Medic and Lightroom 101 video training courses available to subscribers of ImprovedPhotographyPlus.com. Jim Harmer is a fabulous instructor, and his video training courses on Lightroom will really get you started off on the right foot. And if that wasn't enough, subscribers get access to everything ever produced by Improved Photography and access to many of the hosts on the podcast on the Improved Photography. Network. It's only $19.95 a month to start, and you can start your free trial today by heading over to improvephotographyplus.com. I want to thank Jim and improvephotographyplus.com for making this episode possible. Okay, Victoria, I have to say that part of the reason I wanted to do this episode was a result of reading your really excellent blog posts over at Lightroom, lightroomqueen.com recently. My listeners have asked me to be super clear on this, so I have to preface it by saying this isn't an ad. This is that bit a moment ago about improvephotographyplus.com was an ad, but Victoria is just being very generous with her time and indulging me to come on the show. Not only am I a big fan of her ebook that I've purchased called Adobe Photoshop Lightroom CC slash six, the missing fact, but as of the recording of this podcast, she has a series of five blog posts that she started on December 23rd, 2016 out on her lightroomqueen.com site dealing with organization in Lightroom. Really good posts that uh, prompted me to ask her to come on the show and we could walk through a little bit of that information. And uh, I found her advice really similar to what I would I would say based on the topic. And so I invite her to come on and she's really nice to do that. So let's get into Lightroom organization. I want to start with some of the information you had on January 9th, 2017 post that you had out there called How Do I Organize Photos into Folders? 
And I just loved how he outlined some basic principles in that article that included a few things I hadn't thought of yet or run into yet. And for the sake of time, we're going to have to establish kind of a baseline of assumption for the listeners that, and assume they already understand how to import photos into Lightroom and they understand the concept of the Lightroom catalog, which are a couple of foundational pieces that we're not going to discuss today because we just don't have time to go through all of that. If you don't understand those things, there are photo taco episodes on those topics. You can search those by Googling for them. I'll put some links into the show notes. Victoria has a bunch of blog posts on this as well that will really help over at lightroomqueen.com. So if you don't get those two things, maybe stop here and go head over to the other episodes or uh, Victoria's website and read about those things first because you kind of got to get that understanding before you can really tackle this organization concept. But for today, we're going to assume that knowledge, which I don't like to do here on Photo Taco, but we really kind of have to for today. So, Victoria, would you walk us through the five basic principles any Lightroom organization strategy should include? Yeah, absolutely. So there's no right or wrong way of organizing the photos on the hard drive. Lightroom's not going to really care where you put them. But if you try to move them to a new computer at some point in the future, or as you're um, collection of photographs grows, you need some kind of organization. So there are five main points that you need to look out for when you're designing a folder structure. It needs to be scalable. It needs to be easy to back up and restore. It needs to have no duplication. You don't want duplicate photos all over the place. It needs to use standard characters and it needs to be consistent. So going through those one at a time, it needs to be scalable because although you might only have a few thousand photos when you're getting started, that will grow rapidly over time. We tend to be quite snap happy when we've got digital cameras. Uh, so something that starts out with just a few thousand can be tens of thousands very, very quickly. Yeah, really now, fast. Yeah. And it, yeah. it becomes unwieldy. I think a lot of people... They don't realize that as they're doing it. And there's other problems that you face too, like storage problems that we're not going to talk about today, but you get there too, having real struggles with, with storing your photos, where you're going to put them all. And that makes this scalable point a little harder even. It does. So if you were trying to organize your photos by topic and you ended up uh, having to spread your photos over multiple hard drives, if your animals folder is on a drive that's not, that's not connected all the time, then you have to go and plug that one in to be able to put on your photographs of animals and then you go out on another shoot and there might be one of your child so that one needs to go on another hard drive and you can end up switching out loads of hard drives it can get really complicated and then that can be really difficult to back up right so that leads us on to the easy backup and restore if your photos are scattered across multiple multiple hard drives in no kind of order then that's going to be really difficult to make sure you've backed them all up and that's going to be even more difficult if you actually ever have to restore from your backups because you've then got to go and find all of these photos scattered all over the place um, and if you're adding new photos to lots of different folders then you've got to make sure those backups of those folders have been updated regularly as well and it just increases the margin for error Right, right. And you don't want a kind. You don't want a margin for error on something as important <laughs> as backups. Right. Uh, so then we said the third one was duplication. You don't want 
say you've got a picture of your wife and three children and you have a folder for your wife and a folder for each of the children so when you've got a photo that's got all of them in it do you do you put the photo in the in the folder of your wife or in the folder of child one or child two or child three or do you duplicate it and then if you duplicate it if you rename one of them do you remember to rename all of the others and if you edit one of them do you then remember to edit all of the others as well and that can get really complicated so you don't want any kind of duplication you just want one copy of each folder uh, one copy of each photo um, and then obviously backups and of I think, that. I think this is one of the places that I hear the most from beginning photographers where they struggle because it's it, they sort of naturally tend toward this duplication thing. Um, you you kind of deal with it in other areas of life and they that tends to be the solution they try to apply is to, to put it in multiple places. Then you think, well, then I don't have to go search and find the one place it's at or, or remember the one location it's at. But that's kind of the whole beauty of Lightroom catalogs. They re- it remembers for you. You don't have to remember where your photo's at. So put it in one spot, have Lightroom remember where it's at and keyword it. And we're going to get into a little bit more of the organizational aspects to help you find it. But this is a really important thing to me. Yeah. And you think the size of raw files, they're not small. So if you end up with four duplicates of every single picture, you're going to end up with multiple hard drives, chewing through them in no time. So yeah, it's really important just to have a single copy of each photo plus your backups. Then, Then the next point was using standard characters because so that will include A to Z, zero to nine, hyphen, underscore, those kind of things. While most modern operating systems can handle extra extraneous characters, it can cause problems if you decide to move cross-platform, say from Mac to Windows or vice versa. But it can also cause problems if you're trying to use something like a a NAS box, Uh, so network access storage. Some of those won't accept really long folder names or specific characters in them. So it's worth sticking to standard characters right from the start, because if you have to go back and rename the photos later, you're going to have a really long job. Yeah, big task if you don't do it from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one is it needs to be consistent. You should always know where a photo goes without having to think about it. Because if you have to debate it every single time, you're likely to make a mistake at some point. And that's what we're trying to avoid, isn't it? Right, right. So so kind of understanding it from the beginning, getting some help, like maybe listening to this episode or going to visit uh, Victoria's site and, and seeing the really good instructions she's got out there. That's a, a massive leap onto this, a, a really good jump start to making sure that you have a good strategy here. And that will help you to have, be in a strong place for these things that you're going to run into in the future they may not be seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love this advice because it gives photographers like the flexibility to decide how it is they want to organize their photos in a way that makes sense to them. But you have some really good guidelines of things that you kind of make sure you consider as you're deciding how you're going to organize your photos. Make sure you have those five basic principles accounted for and you're incorporating them into whatever workflow you decide to use or, or your strategy for organization that you decide to use. Now, my own strategy, it's come from a lot of years of organizing photos and it's way before I, I started using Lightroom. Just organizing my like my family photos before I really got even into photography uh, seriously, it's like 18 years of, I've been married for 18 years and it's led to a lot of family photos that I've sorted. And I went through a, a few different types of things and I couldn't find them myself. <laughs> Without Lightroom, I, I just, I didn't have any way to, to do it. And I adopted this time, date time-based folder structure 
for keeping my own personal photos straight all on my own. It just made sense to me. And it was something I found really was natural when I went into Lightroom. When I first started going through Lightroom, having a date time based folder structure really fit well. So I was happy about that because it, it, there was this synergy there. And, uh, and that was good. But that's kind of the next area of the blog post that you had out there that I wanted you to go over a little bit. Can you explain a little more what it means to organize by date time and how that kind of fits into the, those five basic principles? Yeah, sure. So uh, all of your photos automatically have the date, the capture date and time embedded in the metadata. So Lightroom can work off that automatically. Now, when we say a date time based folder structure, most people will do best with, uh, say, a year folder and a month folder inside that. Uh, some people like to do date uh, day folders inside those. So you might have one for the 11th of February. 2017 and then you have another one for the 12th and the 13th and the 14th for a lot of photographers that's overkill they're not shooting such huge numbers so just one per month is plenty but the it fits all of the uh, basic principles so it's scalable because you just keep adding new dates to the end it's easy to back them up because they're just going straight into the into the dated folders so they're only ever updating the most recent ones it's easy to restore even if some really awful disaster has happened and you've had to use uh, recovery software because the metadata is uh, stored in the files you can get Lightroom to put them straight back into the same kind of folder structure all over again and just link up your Lightroom catalog so even in that kind of disaster situation it's really easy to restore and I wanted to just say real briefly on that point, what if you haven't used recovery software, it doesn't always bring back the folder structure. That's what we're talking about there. That it, it sometimes, well, often you might lose the information. Like if your hard drive has a problem, the sector on the hard drive that failed, the little bit on your hard drive that failed and you can't, you absolutely cannot read that part might be just holding your folder structure information, not an actual photo. So you might lose the directory structure, the folder structure that's there, but your photos are still there. So, and, and if you use a date time based system to store these things, then it's really easy to kind of recreate that folder structure that you lost because of that little bit on the hard drive that failed and, and pull that out of the date timestamps that are already in all of the photos. So that's, that's what we were talking about with that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I would say the same thing actually replies to the applies to the file names because often the recovery software can't actually right. recover the correct file name and it will just end up giving it some long number. Right. So being able to restore file names from the metadata is also really useful in that situation. Obviously, you want to have good backups so that you don't ever need to get into that situation. <laughs> but, yes. you know, things happen. Um right. So carrying on from that, it also uses standard characters because it's just using numbers and dashes. Mm -hmm. uh, Lightroom can create it automatically when you're importing. So you don't even have to stop and think about where the pictures are. So that's how it covers the consistency. You don't have to think about it. It just happens automatically. And if you decide to go with a date time based folder structure and you've currently got a bit of a mess, it's very easy to use the metadata filters to tidy up and put and drop them straight into a date time folder structure without having to spend hours sorting through every single picture looking at the content of it. 
Right. All right. So that's, that's perfect. That's the organization strategy I'm using. I actually go all the way down to the day because I have enough photos I'm taking where I need that. I need to go all the way down to the single day. Um, but, but I love, I like the way that it works out. I like the way that I can view it and what I can see, how it works. Just if I need to find a photo, um, it's not very hard to remember kind of the time frame, and even outside of Lightroom, I can often find the photos pretty easy. And I'm I'm up to about almost seventy thousand photos in my catalog at this point. So I feel like you know that might not be so huge for a lot of people, but uh, for for some photographers, there's there's many who have a lot more than that in the in their catalogs. But um, it's it's something that I I feel like I've had enough photos to test this out. So that I know, okay, this is going to work. This is going to be okay. I can see this going well past 100,000, 200,000. I'm going to be able to have this strategy work for a long time. And that's kind of what we wanted to get the point across today was that your organization strategy is so important to have right at the beginning. You have a lot less work to do if you can adopt something today that will make sense. Consistent, that's one of the basic principles. Those kinds of things are important for you to understand. Uh, and so I really like it. Now, that's not for everyone, though. <laughs> I know there's some yeah. people that fight against this whole date time strategy thing. It's just maybe it's it's too many numbers in there. I don't know. I don't know why they fight it exactly. But I've heard it from listeners. I've seen Victoria on your blog. You have a lot of people commenting saying this does not work. And <laughs> uh, and so so there's some people who who really want to do it differently. And they the one of the common approaches I've heard or you can call it like categories or topics or uh, I don't know how you say it exactly, but they, they want to separate their photography into their genres that they shoot. And for some people, they do it very differently, like those different genres. I don't myself, I, I just mix everything I shoot together, but there's some who they do it so differently depending on like their client work versus their personal work, or they do landscape versus weddings versus family and personal. And, and it's so different and independent for them and how they organize things that they even do three completely separate Lightroom catalogs, which I don't recommend. And we're not going to go into that today. That's not the topic for today. But what do you say uh, to those people who say this date time thing just doesn't work for me? Well, that's, that's understandable because some people's brains just don't work like that. They yeah. think by topic and, and that's absolutely fine. But the main thing to remember is to go back through and make sure that the system you've decided on does fit all of those basic principles because otherwise you're going to end up with problems down the line. But you can adapt it. So, so some people like to add a descriptive name onto the end of their date folder. So they might have been on on holiday somewhere and they want to put down the name of the place they were on holiday or the fact it was somebody's wedding or something like that so they can kind of have a, a foot in both camps right, right. Um, other people want to completely separate their work ones from their personal ones and that works as long as there's never a crossover where it gets into trouble is when you've got say a family heading and you've got a travel heading uh, what do you, where do you put the pictures of your family when you were traveling <laughs> right so so that's the thing to bear in mind if you're going to try and divide it up make sure that there's not going to be a crossover anywhere along the line right it's so so you're free to do that obviously it's not our workflows or our storage stuff that we're talking about for everyone here um you got to decide for yourself how it is it's going to make most sense for you and but just keep in mind those basic principles that would be what i would urge every all the listeners here to do Go over those basic principles. And if you don't want to use a date time based organization structure, maybe like with year and month, 
where you're going to put all of the photos that you take that month, regardless of what the photo is, then at least make sure however you're organizing it, you stick to those five basic principles and you're going to save yourself a lot of time and a lot of heartache <laughs> later when you run into problems with any one of those five principles. And, and uh, it's just going to help you out a lot. It might not seem like it's a big deal for someone that's just starting out, but I promise it is. <laughs> I promise it becomes yeah. very unwieldy if you don't decide how you're going to do it up front. Well, and I usually meet these people two or three years later when they're in a real mess. So, so yeah, it really is, although it doesn't sound like a big deal to start with, it, it does become quite a big deal. And, and it takes a lot of time to try and reorganize later. So you're better off starting out on the right foot. And the interesting thing to me is I've even met a lot of very seasoned professionals who struggle still. I, I think I think they're worse most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have a clue where their stuff is. And they, they'll get like a, a request from a, a, a potential client. They have the, like someone that's saying, I'd really like to buy this photo of yours. And then they're like, oh gosh, I have 20 drives that have photos on it. Where is that photo? I don't even know. Oh. I have no idea. And they'll spend hours or days trying to go through those drives to find the photo because they have no idea how they're going to go find it. Uh, never taken into account that they, they need to be organized. And, and so it's not just beginners. There's lots of seasoned professionals who struggle with this, this concept. And if, if it's something you can master, you're just going to save yourself some time and frustration. Yeah. Okay. So Victoria, that's kind of the basic principles of organization that I wanted to go through. Uh, there's a lot more information than this out on Victoria's site. Go read her blog posts. And if you're not visiting her site every day, then you need to, you need to go out there. She has some wonderful topics, not under just organization. It's everything you can think of. They call the Lightroom queen for a reason. <laughs> Good oh, advice. Thank you very much. All well, right. if, if there's anyone, if there's any other particular topics that someone wants to see covered, drop me an email and, and I'll add it to the list. There you go. Very good. Okay, but we do have a few other listener questions. We got tons, actually, a lot of listener questions that came in. Uh, I know Victoria was watching a lot of that over in our Facebook group, which we hadn't plugged yet. So if you want to join that Facebook group and uh, and see these things come up where you can suggest topics for the show or ask any question you'd want to, Victoria spends time in our forums, which I'm really grateful for as well. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash photo taco, ask to join and be a member of that group and get help with your problems. Uh, a lot of times we have other listeners. We have lots of uh, expert listeners who know Lightroom very well and a lot of other things about photography. And they often ask, answer questions now before I get a chance to even see it. So, so good, good place to go ask your questions and get help from a lot of people who are very nice and helpful rather than like saying, well, that's a dumb question. We don't have that kind of <laughs> problem in there, which is good. I get those people out. So, all right. Um, we got a few questions that do relate very specifically to organization that I want to go through. There were a bunch of others that were there that weren't quite about organization. There were lots of people saying they wanted to help with some other things and will either there are photo taco podcasts already on that topic or Victoria's written something about it. So you can go search those things if you want some more immediate help or I took note of several of them and, and we'll be talking about them in future podcasts too. But let's start with, I think we had, I, I took three areas of questions. Uh, it's actually four questions, but three areas that we want, I wanted to walk through with you, Victoria, in this last little bit of time we have. Uh, the first is Jason Wallace on Instagram. So it wasn't even through the Facebook group. So photo at photo taco podcast on Instagram was where he got this to me. He said, if you've made a mess of things in your Lightroom catalog, what are the first three things that you should do? So I think Victoria, this is one of those people who's 
done it for a little bit now. They have a, a Lightroom catalog or many Lightroom catalogs. And he's just scared. Like I, he realizes he's at that point where he's struggling and wants to know, all right, how do I start tackling this problem of the mess I've made? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So the first thing is back up the mess because, because when you're, (laughs) when you're tidying up, you can end up making a bigger mess. So, so make sure you've got a backup of, of how it is when you start. Then I would think about what do you want your folder structure to be and how are you going to organize your photos? So if the photos are currently set up with topics, you don't want to immediately start changing them into dates because you'd lose the topic information. So you'd want to think about how are you going to organize it further down the line? So are you going to use keywords? In which case, you might want to convert the folder names into keywords for those photos before you start rearranging all the folders. Um, that's probably the best place to start. Um once you've rearranged your folders a bit, you can then start looking out for any duplicates and start to get rid of those. Over the next few weeks, in about starting in about four weeks' time, I think, there's a series of posts on tidying up. So it'll go through how to organize photos into a new folder structure, uh, how to tidy up your collections panel, how to tidy up all your keywords, that kind of thing, and how to get rid of duplicates. Um, If you've ended up with multiple catalogues, you've then got to decide whether are the photos duplicated in both both catalogues or more than one catalogue or are they all individuals? If most of them are individual photos that just happen to be in three different catalogues, you can merge the catalogues together and then start cleaning up. Um, But just bear in mind that the more pictures you have to deal with, the bigger the mess you've got to try and clean up. So it can take quite a while to do. Yeah, I think that would be the, one of the things I'd recommend is just don't don't think you're going to do this quickly. <laughs> Depending on how many photos you've got, it's going to take some time to go through it. And it's, it's a worthwhile thing. If you've realized that this isn't working, the current structure you got or, or the lack of structure that you have right now is a, is causing you trouble. Um, then take a day or two or, or some reasonable amount of time there. And make sure that you dedicate to it to understand what you're going to be. Victoria, would you think maybe trying out a different structure first, uh, in like maybe a new catalog would be a good step? Or, is, or do you think that causes more problems? Yeah, you could try it out. Certainly try it out on paper, even if you don't actually start using it in a catalog. Um, just make, make sure you've thought it all through properly before you actually start, because otherwise you can end up going back and undoing things you've already done. Okay. All right. So now the next question comes from Mike Lidicky, I think is how you say it. And he asked, uh, this was from the Facebook group. Is it always best to work from collections instead of folders? And I really like this question because it seems to me like it's one of the best ways to organize by topic when you have your actual photos on the hard drive by date time. So if you really think topic it's a way to make it so that you can store them in a way that makes it easier in some cases like backup and consistency and, and some of those basic principles we talked about, but yet overlay on top of it with Lightroom organization by topic. What do you think, Victoria? Yeah. I would say, yeah, collections are very good for this. I'd, I'd keep them slightly more temporary um, in terms of uh, if you're going to have all of the pictures of, say, your three children, you probably want the children's names as keywords 
rather than just as collections, simply because if you were to move on to other software in the future, collections are not stored with the photos, whereas keywords can be. So so from that point of view, I tend to keep the collections just slightly more temporary rather than a a permanent topic organisation. But it also depends on what he's asking in terms of uh, working from collections instead of folders. If you just happen to want to edit a few photos you don't have to put them into a collection first and then go into the develop module and start editing them you can work directly in the folder but if you're wanting to group the photos together then yes collections are definitely the way to go and if mike's question is can i put every single photo i take into a single folder and then organize my collections i would say that's a bad idea (laughs) it's yeah yeah yes it's it's going to become a little bit unwieldy yeah over time isn't it well and in in part because the operating system on the hard drive how it stores the files there's a limit to how many photos you can stick inside a single folder so you will run into that if your plan is to put everything in a single folder it's going to be a problem at some point yeah so you can't do that (laughs) all right (laughs) Uh, the final topic we had today comes from two questions I'm going to stack together. Chris Mowers on Facebook group asked, I like to hear thoughts on best practices for keywording, especially on being consistent over the course of time and knowing how much is enough and how much is too much. And then Caden Klassen also on Facebook asked or added to that keywording. Is it best to keyword groups of mixed photos, some sports, some portraits and the same card in one import or divide them into multiple or keywording them after import, if that makes sense. So you've already talked about Victoria. I know you're going to tackle this really soon on your blog. You're going to do a series of posts about keywording. So we don't have to go too deep into it, but I'd like to get some uh, suggestions from you on how to do keywording and make that be something that's that fits with your organization in Lightroom. Okay, so let's go with the import first. I would suggest doing one import and then going back and keywording them afterwards for the really simple reason that if you start trying to split your import into multiple different imports, it's it's easy to miss a photo. You could end up unchecking one by accident and it might not end up imported. So just get them into Lightroom and then sort them out from there. Um, in terms of best practices for keywording, yeah, there's a post coming up on this in a couple of time, couple of weeks' time. Um, like with like with a folder organization there are some basic principles so you probably want some kind of grouping so rather than a flat list just because the flat list can get really really long you want to stick to the same kind of capitalization so just use capital letters for names of places and people and use lowercase for everything else rather than having cats with a large c and a small c and mixing them up So those two Um, are different in Lightroom, right? If capital C cats is different than lower C cats? It is. And you can end up, if you don't start with uh, a basic principle, if you don't start with a rule that you're going to stick to, you can end up with a mixture of both. And that can get quite complicated. The same with quantities. Either use singular or plural, but try to avoid mixing them up. Because you can either have bird, cat, dog, or birds, cats, dogs. But if you've got a picture with one bird or two birds you really want to be able to see them all at the same time so generally speaking go for the plural and i've heard Um, that that helps especially if you're going to do stock but if if people are going to if you want people to find your photos and you use your keywords as you export as for metadata so that it'll end up in the search results 
then people tend to search by plurals. They don't search by singular. They want a photo with trees in it and they won't put tree as their search term. They'll put trees plural. So if you're going to, if you're not decided on which side you're going to go on, I would recommend doing the plural. Yeah, I would too. If you've got a situation where the singular is very different spelling, so maybe puppy and puppies, then you could put the other spelling in the synonyms field and it'll still come up when they actually search for it, but it won't show as a separate keyword. That's quite a nice little workaround for that situation. Um, Also for verbs, stick to a single form like running and playing and jumping. So again, you've got that same kind of consistency. Um, but in terms of actually getting around to doing it, it's not a fun job. (laughs) No, let's let's be honest. Nobody wants to sit here and add 30 keywords to every single photograph. So, (laughs) so in an ideal world, you'd want to put who's in the photo, what's in the photo, where's in the photo, where the photo was taken, uh, why the photo was taken, like what's happening in it, uh, when it was taken in terms of maybe the season or the time of day and perhaps how the photo was taken if it was taken with uh, hdr or something like that you might want to add that kind of information but don't go overboard because if you start trying to add 30 30 keywords to every single photograph by the time you've got 10 keywords down the line you're going to give up So it's better to have two or three keywords on all of the photographs rather than loads of keywords on on just a few. The other thing I would say on that is if you go through and flag or star rate your photos first, obviously that will cut down the number of number of photos you actually need to keyword because you're only going to bother to do the ones you're going to keep. You might add some extra keywords to your absolute best photos because those are the ones you're likely to go back and try and find again later. Uh, But but don't go overboard. So don't keyword the one that I took a picture of my foot while I was trying. No, no, you're probably not going to need to search for a photo of your foot. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Very good. I like that. I like those suggestions. Um, So yeah, watch for Victoria's blog post on this topic, uh, Chris and Caden. You'll probably get a lot more specific help in in understanding how it is. So uh, Victoria, the, the grouping question on import, that's how I tend to do it right now. I will, even if I, I, I end up with mixed photos on my cards, usually I don't empty my cards every single day uh, unless I have a client that's waiting on, on the pictures back. But uh, I'll often just shoot landscape, mix it in with shoots of family. And, um, and so I'll have different keywords that I want to apply. And I am on the import, I will select the ones that are the landscapes and put in the keywords and then I'll change the selection in the import workflow there and uh and select the ones with family and put those in and and then i'll hit the import button and do it are you do you think that's a a strategy that's that's not as good i'd say you're probably spending quite a lot of time waiting for it to load all of the thumbnails each time i would just suggest import the lot and then once they're in the previous import collection you can go through and very quickly add the keywords in in the grid view um probably far more quickly than you can do by trying to go back to the import okay, dialog so the multiple same, times the same overall process but do it maybe in the library module after importing rather than yeah. in the import but that way you don't miss any photos as well right. that's that's the other risk is particularly if they're all scattered around a bit you did some landscapes this day and then you did some family ones and then you did something else uh, you can end up missing a few odd photos along the way and you don't want to do that right okay 
That makes sense. All right. So those are the questions that we uh, we had for this episode today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for submitting the things that you wanted to hear about. Make sure that you are part of that Facebook group if you would like to be able to participate like this in the future. If you're hearing this episode or this uh, this is your first photo taco, go join that group. It's really helpful. Victoria, where can people find your work? You can find me at lightroomqueen.com. Uh, you'll also find me on Facebook and Twitter and various other places. We've got a forum on the website as well. So plenty of questions and friendly people there too. It's a good place to learn. It is. It is. I, I learn a lot from uh, following Victoria on everything. It's it's really nice to follow her on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter because she'll put, uh, you know, the pictures or something out there when she has a new blog post. And then you can you can know or it's kind of a way to be notified that there's something new to go take a look at if it's something that you're struggling with in particular to go find it. So make sure you follow Victoria and uh, head over to lightroomqueen.com frequently to make sure you keep up to date on what she's got out there. Thank you so much for joining me, Victoria. Thank you very much, Jess. Jeff. All right. That's it for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. As a quick reminder, we've talked about it already, but you can suggest topics for the show. Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash photo taco through Instagram at photo taco podcast or email if you still want to do that. And that's photo taco podcast at gmail.com. No question too basic or too complicated. If I don't know the answer, I'll have someone like Victoria come on and help me with it. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network. We have Portrait Session, Tripod, Improved Photography, and a brand new one's coming. We're going to be making the announcement very soon. It's going to be a travel-based episode, but you'll you'll hear more about that very soon on the Improved Photography Network. Also, take some time, have, or head over to the mothership at improvephotography.com for news, gear, and other photo tip articles. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!